Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. This is Scott Castile from CalvaryFellowshipTC.com, and you're listening to The Engaging Missions Show. Welcome to The Engaging Mission Show with Brian Ensminger. We are bringing missions home. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, disciple makers, and church planters as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. Like us, they are ordinary people who serve an extraordinary God. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Hi, and welcome to the Engaging Missions Show. I'm Brian Ensminger. I'm your host. And in today's interview, when we get there, we're going to share about the value of accountability and godly friendships. And then we're also going to talk about how something that seems like a vacation can actually yield eternal benefits. We're going to hear also from Scott McClelland from FX Missions. He's going to share about leadership and credit. But to start this off, I wanted to share a question that I got from a new listener, Susanna subscribed to the email newsletter, which is at engagingmissions.com slash newsletter. And when she wrote me, she mentioned that she was really happy to find the show because she had grown up as a missionary kid and feels like God may have ultimately called her to missions, but she wanted to know if I have any other podcasts that I listen to. Now, as it turns out, I enjoy podcasts and I listen to quite a number of them, but I put together a list of 10 podcasts that I listen to that I think might interest somebody who's interested in missions or ministry. And then I also added a podcast that she recommended. At the time that I wrote that, I hadn't um, I hadn't actually listened to an episode I have now and I enjoy the podcast. If you're interested in that, you can find it at engagingmissions.com slash 11 podcasts. That's the number 11 and the word podcasts. And then also I wanted to mention that if you just can't get enough audio learning, you may want to check out a free book from Audible. I have a, a deal set up with them where if you visit engagingmissions.com slash free book and sign up for their free service, for their service, you can choose from one of over 180,000 titles for your very first download. If you do, Audible will send me a little bit of money to help support the show and you'll get a free book regardless. If you like the service and stick with it, you'll get the same price everybody else does. There's nothing, uh, you know, nothing shady about that. But if you enjoy Audible, uh, if you enjoy audio products like this podcast, you may want to check something out like that so that you can continue listening. I know that I enjoy it. Whenever possible, I tend to buy both Kindle and Audible together so that I can listen and read at the same time and switch back and forth. Anyway, that's at engagingmissions.com slash free book. With that, we're going to get right into the interview. All right, well, let's get started. Today we have with us Guy Benton. He's a 29-year-old. He's married. He has a couple of kids, and he's living in Cambodia. He's part of the Anglican Church there, and he's working with a missions organization that up until we started connecting, I wasn't even really familiar with. So I'm hoping that we get to talk a little bit about that today. But first off, I just want everybody to meet Guy Benton. So Guy, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's great to be a part of part of your show. Uh, yeah, I mean, you summed it up really nicely. Uh, a little bit about me. Uh, I'm from New Zealand. Uh, you all know where that is. Uh, <laughs> did you do you like what I did there? Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, I live in Cambodia. I've been here uh, nearly three years. Uh, I met my wife while she was serving here on the mission field, so she's been here a bit longer than I have. Uh, yeah, we have a couple of kids. Uh, living and working here, it's always hot. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's great. It, I love it. I hate it. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I look forward to sharing about uh, what's going on here and, and how it works. So, yeah, it's good. I love to play sport. It's what I'm really into. Um, I love uh, hanging out with friends uh, when we can. 
uh, yeah, I love spending time with family, watching TV programs, watching movies uh, when we're not working, that kind of thing. So I love food. What else do you want to know? I mean, it's awesome. Life so, is good. So you're what we might refer to as a normal human. You put on your pants the same as everybody else. Lesser. I, 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 I wear the pants, but my wife tells me which color. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. I, my wife has better fashion sense than I do as well. Now, your, your kids, I th- from the information you sent, I think that one of your kids is biological, the other one's uh, a foster son or something. Can you share a little bit that's- more about that? Yeah, that's right. We, uh, we have, uh, well, before my wife and I got married, she had um, very coincidentally ended up with the care of um, a Cambodian child uh, through the organization she was working for. No one set out to look after a Cambodian child. It was just the way kind of God put it there. And, uh, and, and they began to uh, sort of share life together. And um, yeah, she just sort of the people who were looking after him had to return back to the States and uh, she sort of took over the care and it was joint care and then they pulled out a little bit and then then she was caring for him full time and then we got married and then it was only inevitable that we would just continue that care and we've really been sort of pressing the Lord saying, you know, we'll just keep following this as the doors keep opening and this is really your child that you've sort of given to us to care for. And uh, yeah, here we are sort of nearly seven years on, I guess. Um, and then, uh, 14 months ago, God blessed us with our own child. So we have two children in essence, um, one that the Lord, well, both the Lord gave to us, but one through natural birth and one through not. So yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, it's a journey that we really follow each day. Um, there's a lot of things in the pipelines. We can't travel with him and that kind of thing, uh, at the moment. So we're working with that, um, yeah, it's it's a crazy process, but we love it. It's it's a great journey to be on. And, you know, to offer that opportunity to a child that otherwise wouldn't have had it, you know, with two loving parents, you know, what's not to love about that? Yeah. And I think so, I think you recently climbed a, a mountain or something, too? Yeah, I did. Man, that was in September. What are we now? November, oh, December. December, Crikey, yeah. December. Wow. Uh, yeah, Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. Uh, that was a that was a ride. That one. Uh, yeah, it was part of. I got invited to be a part of uh, Sam's USA, uh, which is our mission sending agency back in America. They uh, were sending a team to, to to climb Mount Kilimanjaro as part of their. F- 40th anniversary celebrations and also they've just sort of turned their focus a little bit because if anyone out there knows of sam's they probably would know them as sort of south american sending agency so they were sending teams to south america Uh, they've since switched their focus to global and uh, they're now sending missionaries all around the world hence us in cambodia and there's people in Africa and there's other people in Asia as well. And and so they've sort of switched their focus a little bit. So they were celebrating 40 years and sort of promoting their global vision. So they invited me to be a part of this team to sort of shout from the rooftop of Africa. Um, and I tell you what, the rooftop it was. It's a, yeah. it's a long way up there. That's that's great. You know, I, I'm hoping that we'll talk a little bit more about Sam's as we get into this yeah. a little bit further, because like I said, up until we talked, I really didn't even know about it. But <laughs> I, again, keeping kind of our focus on you, as you think about your life and your ministry, are there is there maybe a, a scriptural that's been, I'm sorry, a scripture that's been kind of foundational for how you approach life and ministry? Right. You know, I mean, there's probably a million scriptures that we could go through, Um uh, I think the one that oh the the kind of the kind of thing that just keeps pointing back to me or keeps resonating with me is this idea of just you know you just got to keep keep your eyes focused on, on the Lord yeah like honestly when you're relying on your support one hundred hundred percent when you are sort of walking moderately blind into a place where you're like I'm not really sure what I'm doing. You know, I feel like this is where the Lord's calling me. It's just that idea of keeping your eyes on the Lord day after day after day, keeping that mm. faith strong because, you, I mean, you don't know where maybe your funds are coming from. You don't know where you're supposed to be going, but you know that the Lord has you on the right journey, yeah? And so it's that idea just to keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing. And the, and the moment you let off that throttle, 
is the mm. moment you sort of start doing it by yourself, yeah? And yeah. and you gotta, you're up the creek really without a paddle when you start doing that. Wow, that, that's good. Another thing I like to do as we kind of get started and getting to know you is I find that a lot of times we have what I call the Facebook effect. You look around and it looks right. like everybody's life is puppies and kittens. And, oh, right, and you right. look at your own and it doesn't look the same. But I find that we f- connect really well sometimes when we talk about challenges or failures sure. in our lives. Is there a time when you faced a significant challenge that you could share with us? Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that Facebook idea. You know, I, you just see people and it just looks so great. And then you're like, this person has nothing wrong with their life. Like, But I think, you know, one thing for me was uh, my wife and I, we're uh, missionaries in Cambodia and we're on 100% support. Uh, like we raise all our funds. And I think I started out my working career in, as, as working in a bank in New Zealand. And when you work in a bank, your life is about money, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like you're dealing with money, you're working with other people's money, you're worried about your own money, you're, you're earning salary or whatever it is. And I was a whippersnapper, 18-year-old straight out of school. So my culture became money. And then I really felt the Lord call me into, I guess you could say ministry, like working as a youth pastor or whatever. That's what I did before I moved here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was like this, it was like this crisis I had where my life was like, all about money, and then I was feeling the Lord call me in one direction, but my life was pulling me in another direction, and I had this massive, like, collision moment where I had to really say, okay, i got to give it all up, i got to take the salary cut, i got to do everything in order to be able to follow where the Lord's calling me, and it was one of the biggest decisions I ever made in my life, and it, and it was ruthless, but you know, the funniest thing is, is now I earn no, like, you know, I don't earn any money. People give me money. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's this like crazy kind of like, I had this like meltdown moment. I mean, I was in tears on the bedroom floor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and little did I know that it was the preparation that the Lord was moving me into this idea where actually you're not going to earn any money. You're not earning any money. It's people giving you the money, right? Uh, yeah. You're going to live by faith. You're going to live by the idea that you've got to believe in what you're doing in order to ask people enough to give you the money to support you to do the work that I'm calling you to do. And so I think that collision moment or that like crisis moment where I had to really toil, like it could have gone either way. It was mm-hmm. easy. You know, like I could have chosen the safe option. Uh, but I'm so thankful for the courage and the bravery and the trust in, in Jesus, I guess, in order to be able to make those steps to look back on life. And hindsight's a beautiful thing. Have, have you found God uh, to yeah. be faithful? Oh, absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes I don't believe it. Yeah. You know, it's like, no matter how faithful the Lord is, financial, family, life, work, uh, safety, whatever it is, and you have these moments and, and, you, and you, you thank the Lord and you're like, yeah, I'm, you're so faithful to me, my family, to life, to the calling. And, and then how quickly you're like proposed with another <laughs> like, like crisis or another moment of where you need to trust in the Lord and you're sitting there going, I, I don't believe it. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like you're suddenly then thrusted back into that moment where you're like, wait, hang on a second. I've been here before. Why am I, why am I going through this cycle again? You know? And the sooner you just let it all go and say, you know, Lord, I'm trusting in you and this is hard and life looks tough right now, but mm. Here we are. As you think about your life and your ministry, do you have maybe any uh, a personal habit or something like that that you believe st- contributes to what God's done in your life? Dude, I'm totally I'm totally down for having strong male accountability, friendship, relationship, whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. people to speak into your life. Like that that's what I'm talking about. Like you, we all have our like domestic processes or whatever, or we read the Bible or we pray or whatever mm-hmm. we do. But I tell you what, one of the biggest things that contributes to my being able to carry on and my like ability to be a husband and a father and a, and a, a person in ministry and a person who outreaches to young people or whatever it is, yeah. is the ability to have other strong male influences in my life where we can catch up for a drink or share in each other's life or say, you know what, today's not not a great day or you know this was yeah. a really great part of my life that that honestly for me is is huge and i and i notice times in my life when i don't have that heat and it's like 
it's lacking, you know, like the, maybe the, I can honestly say brutally, the last three weeks have been so busy and that hasn't been a high priority for me. And, and you notice, I notice it. Like I, I sort of say to my mates, Hey, we got to catch up. We got, we got to get together. We got, you know, let's have lunch. Let's go out, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. We got to get together and, and put it into each other's lives because for me, that's huge. Wow, that, that's great. With that, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus and we'll start talking more about your ministry. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Engaging Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Likely you've heard that poem or whatever you call it. It's actually an excerpt from a speech called Citizens in a Republic that was delivered by Teddy Roosevelt in Paris, France on the 23rd of April, 1910. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt is a guy who excites a lot of sentiments from people on both sides for the good and for the bad. I've read a fair amount about him and some stories of his. In any case, I think that this excerpt from the speech is very motivating. It's a something that I want to think about and I personally want to understand. Likely it's an oversimplification because there, in any significant endeavor, there's not just one man in the arena. And I don't think that's what Teddy Roosevelt here is trying to say. I think he's trying to say that nothing replaces action. And criticism these days is, uh, you know, is, is an occupation uh, at various levels. And it's a trap that we can fall into where we highlight the imperfections of people who acted and ourselves, we failed to act. I want to encourage you today to find your arena and take action. Don't sit back and evaluate and all of those things. Jesus said, you know, a tree by its fruits and a fruit is an after the fact kind of thing. You don't know the fruits before the trees planted, and you really can never know results before action is taken. Take action and then evaluate. Scott McClelland with your Leadership Moment. Hope you're doing well. Contact us at fxmissions.com. See you next time on the Leadership Moment. Have a good one. This has been the Engaging Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. If you have a leadership question, please send it to feedback at engagingmissions.com and visit fxmissions.com to connect with Scott and discover how you could be involved in short-term missions. All right, we are back. We have Guy Benton with us, and we've been learning a little bit about his life on a personal level, I was so excited to hear what he shared about having some guys that he's in relationship with, uh, because I found that to be huge in my own life. But now as we shift our focus more toward his ministry, I'd like to start off just talking a little bit about Sam's and what that is, in particular because I don't know that a lot of people recognize that the Anglican Church actually sends missionaries. So, Guy, why don't you share with us, what is Sam's? What's going on there? Cool. So Sam's is our um, sending agency, I guess. They're the guys who look after us back home. Mm-hmm. They allow us to go out into the mission field. They support us uh, in terms of sorting out our finances, our insurance, um, support, pastoral care, all that kind of thing. So Sam's 
is an acronym for the Society of Anglican Missionaries and Senders, mm. right? So it's an Anglican mission society where they have missionaries they send out into the world, wherever that might be. So people approach them, say, I feel like the Lord's sending me out, calling me to mission. I feel like this is where he's calling me. Uh, will you take, you know, can I be a part of this? Can you help support me? Da, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So then people raise their own money, talk to their churches, their friends, their family, whoever it is, and then people sort of usher that through, I guess you could say Sam's, and then everything's looked after and cared for through Sam's uh, as they go out into the mission field, right? Mm-hmm. And then I guess the other side of that is, and it's written in the title, is the Society of Anglican Missionaries and Senders, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the idea that they also incorporate the people who are sending the missionaries. So whether that be churches or individuals, uh, people who give financially, people who are giving through intercession, through, um, I don't know, sending stuff overseas to support them in terms of products or uh, I don't know whatever it is um, it's a it's incorporating everybody isn't it rather mm-hmm. than just sort of I guess glorifying that missionary status and saying this is all we're dealing with we're actually right. dealing with the, the people who are giving the guts in behind the missionary giving the real hard yards in behind the missionary and saying you know what you're an integral part of this as much as the missionary is yeah that's great right so and, and as you think about, you know, what you're doing in Cambodia, obviously there's a group that's sending and facilitating that, yeah. but we don't even, we haven't even talked yet about what exactly you and your wife are doing. So can you share with us, what, what is your ministry? Yeah. So, so obviously Sam's is our base back home. They allow us to come here and they support us, but our ministry, and like I said earlier, my wife was already on the mission field before we met. We mm-hmm. met while she was on the mission field. So my wife is a clinical social worker. Um, and she was originally working and is still to a certain degree working in the anti-trafficking field. So she was working with girls who were brought out of anti-trafficking. Um, and then she is now a stay at home mom, um, but has just started dipping back into that work, um, in the capacity of providing, uh, counseling for the expatriate community who are working in that area. Hmm. Uh, so supporting those who are doing the job because it's a pretty traumatic area, isn't it? So yeah. there's a lot of stuff out there that needs to be dealt with. So that's what my wife does. Uh, and I am a, um, a youth worker, I guess you could say a youth worker, a youth pastor. Um, I studied uh, youth work in New Zealand. I got a diploma, a national diploma of youth work in New Zealand, and I youth pastored for three years there before moving to the mission field. Um, and my current role here is the uh, youth director for the Anglican Church of Cambodia. Hmm. So I look after the different uh, sort of, I guess you could say, churches or uh, rural outposts um, and I work with anyone who's involved in youth ministry, youth work capacity within the Anglican Church. So you would sort of think that would most be youth pastors or whatever. But based on the Anglican Church here, which is still pretty small, and note that the church in Cambodia is still very young. Mm-hmm. It's only maybe about 20 years old based on the fact that churches were just shut down after the coup. So that happened here in the 90s. So the church is still very, very young. And so what we're doing is is we're working with the Anglican Church in Cambodia to strengthen and centralize its youth work program or its youth uh, ministry program so that we can provide resources like training, discipleship, mentoring, social um, discipline, uh, encouragement, whatever it might be, that we already know happens within youth ministry uh, focuses within the church. Uh, It doesn't matter which church you come from. We all have those processes, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, what it looks like is is there's a couple of city churches uh, that have youth workers, uh, and then there's a whole bunch of real rural village outposts that just have a local pastor and don't have a youth worker. Um, and so we're working with those guys, uh, with their 
real grassroots youth work uh, with the city churches and their grassroots youth work? And what does youth work look like? What's the difference between youth work and youth pastoring? Mm -hmm. What does it look like to disciple young people and walk through life with them? How can we connect with local NGOs here in Cambodia and non-government organizations who are also providing youth uh, support, whether it be uh, secular or Christian based? Mm-hmm. Christian-based, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting to be able to look at a church on a national uh, spectrum and, and really say, you know what, we're, we're helping to develop what it looks like to do youth work, youth ministry, youth pastoring within the Anglican Church in Cambodia, you know? Yeah, so as I'm thinking about this, I picture you going to school in New Zealand you're, you've yeah. done all of this stuff, right? And then you move to Cambodia, a completely different culture. Is it right. difficult to help develop these things and to be, to be contextually and culturally appropriate? Yeah, it's really funny. You know, uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, I think with a lot of things, you, you take your studies and then you have to adapt it to real life, don't you? Yeah. Um, and one of the great things I really appreciated about the study I did in New Zealand was that you could only do it if you were on the job practically anyway. So you got to do a little bit of study, a little bit of practical whilst you were working on the job. But in saying that, you moved to a third world, not a third world, that wasn't the word I was looking for. You moved to another culture and not only do they speak another language, but they're, you know, I'm from a European type culture or even mm-hmm. a Polynesian type culture. And then you move to an Asian culture, uh, not only an Asian culture, but an Asian culture that's been through trauma, you know, huge trauma uh, in, in, in the form of genocide. Um, yeah, it's really crazy. But one thing I'm really thankful for, Brian, is, is the idea, and I don't know how many people think about it like this, is is whether your culture's warm-cultured or sort of cold-cultured. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I live in New Zealand, which is, you might think, sort of, okay, predominantly European, but we have this huge uh, culture of, of sort of Maori or Polynesian um, ethnicities, mm-hmm. which are living in New Zealand, uh, Maori being the, the native New Zealanders and Polynesians coming over from sort of like the Cook Islands or Samoa, Tonga, wherever they're from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and these cultures are what you would consider very warm cultures or village-type cultures, you know, sort of takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sort of all part of this big family. Uh, we do things together, um, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I think what was really great was moving to Cambodia or moving to Asia. You often get this very warm cultured type thing where Cambodia is very much family oriented. It's village culture, you know, takes a village to raise a child kind of, we're all in this together. We live very close to one another. We share our resources. Um, our thinking is very much sort of we're we're around each other, that kind of thing. So I think, when it came to my sort of youth work focus or having been involved in that kind of culture already, it was sort of, okay, now I'm moving into this culture. Things are very similar, but how do we adjust it to adapt to this Asian culture, Cambodian culture, a culture that suffered genocide or trauma, as well as keeping in these similarities that we already have. So on one hand, it was nice to have that. On the other hand, you're absolutely right. It's tough as. Uh, yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to go back to climbing Mount Kilimanjaro because you mentioned that it wasn't just for fun and games, that this was actually a missions thing. Can you share more about how that fits into your ministry? Yeah, great, for sure. So it was very much um, a part of SAMS, our mission agency. This was their idea. This was their uh brainchild, I guess you could say. Um, They dreamed it up several years ago, and I had no part in it, really. (laughs) Um, And they sort of thought, you know, we're coming up to having being 40 years uh, sending agencies, sending people into the world for 40 years, uh, and, and we're changing our focus to global. And so their idea was, why don't we get together a group of people who represent us globally, uh, who represent SAMS as sort of like the sending agency. So that looked sort of more like the board, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 
and then the people who are the senders, the people who are sending our missionaries out into the world. And so we gathered together um, a team of seven of us, uh, and that included um, three missionaries from around the world. There was me from Cambodia. There was uh, another missionary from Madagascar. Oh. And then there was another missionary from Central America. He serves in Honduras. Okay. Uh, and then there was two board members, or there, there was the director and, a, and the chairman of the board. So they represented the SAMs. And then there were two uh, people who were sort of represented as senders. They had people they were sending out into the world or were giving significantly finan- giving significant financially towards mm-hmm. people who were out in the mission field. And so we gathered together as this group of seven, and you know what? Like some of us had never met before, and we met online a few times before we left, and uh, we met in person in, in Tanzania at the foot of Kilimanjaro, and we spent a couple of days together. And... Um, yeah, we we hiked this mountain, dude. It was unbelievable. It was one of the, it was one of the most amazing, surreal, epic experiences. But then on the very next hand, it was awful and horrible and hard, and I hated it and I wanted to go home. Um, yeah, it was it was brutal uh, in so many capacities. But you know, to walk along six other guys and to engage in daily Bible studies and to focus on where the Lord was taking us into the mission field in the future. How could we engage others? How were we already engaged? Uh, you know, what, what we were doing in the mission field, sharing with each other, what were we doing back home? How were the supporters working together? How was the organization working together? How could we understand each other more each day as we got further on, so obviously you start out with a hiss and a roar because it's fresh and you're new, and by day f- four or five when you're only a day out from reaching the summit and you're starting to get a headache because you're so high up in the air and yeah. you're living above clouds and you're all starting to feel pretty drained, but you know, just to encourage one another and really push on and to encourage what that looks like and how to be a part of this global vision and you know what the Lord's doing around the world, and then you know you've reached that day where you're hitting the summit, and mm-hmm. you leave at midnight, and it's you know it's I don't know what do you call it in Fahrenheit? I'd say it was zero degrees, you know, yeah. below fa- below Celsius. Like what's that? I think it's negative fourteen or something. I'm not sure, um, but you know you're freezing and you're so cold you can't do your pants up because your hands frozen, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but you're still like encouraging one another, and you and, and you know it was just all very reflective. This very real, practical thing we were doing was very reflective of what we need to do in daily life, isn't it? Yeah. It's this idea of encouraging one another, and, and there are so many strands of people within our lives, and it doesn't matter whether you're on the mission field, whether you're back home, whether you're working an office job, whether you're working uh, in mission ministry. Sorry, whether you're working a labor job. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. There are these different strands within life where we all engage with one another and we have to keep each other encouraged. And I tell you what, when we, when we got to the top, it was absolutely unbelievable. You know, it didn't matter where we'd come from. It didn't matter how tired you were. It didn't matter what was going on because you'd reached the, the peak of this like euphoric experience. You know, and you were like for 20 minutes, and that's all it was 20 <laughs> minutes at the top. You know, yeah. six, yeah. Da- six days, Brian, to get to the top, and all it was was 20 minutes. And you're celebrating, and you're high fiving, and you're hugging, and you're crying, and you're doing all these things. And then you have to turn around, you got to come back down, don't you? Yeah. And, uh, suddenly that teamwork's got to kick back in again because it's on again. It's brutal and it's hard. Yeah. And, and I think that. You could probably agree with me here. I mean, that's what life is like, isn't it? You go up these big high experiences and you encourage one another. You're walking alongside one another. You celebrate, you high-five, you cry together, you do whatever you do together. And then it's on again, back down and up the other side. And that's what it's like. Yeah. So as you think about that experience, and of course, most of the people listening haven't had that experience. What's one thing that you wish they could take away from that story or that experience that you had? Yeah, um, honestly, I would encourage anybody, if you ever get the opportunity to do it, to, to, to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. You can do it on a whim. Everything's available. Uh, if you've got the money, do it. It was a once-in-a-lifetime, <laughs> honestly. 
But if you want to take away from the story, if, you, if you're sitting there and you're listening and you're thinking, you know, whatever, I'm never going to do that or I can never do that or what, what does that mean for me? I think the biggest thing I took out of it was just that, that, that gr- grind, like that grind. Like if you can put one foot in front of the other and you've got someone walking by you, someone talking to you, someone encouraging you and you're encouraging them and you're praying with one another or you're supporting one another or whatever it is, whatever track you feel like the Lord's got you, got you on, just the perseverance to keep going. And then when you hit those moments where it's amazing and you, you're celebrating and you're feeling good, don't lose the sight of that. Keep going. Keep persevering. Keep encouraging one another. Don't suddenly pull the pedal off. Oh, the foot off the pedal, like I said earlier, right? Don't don't lose that. Keep going. Like, keep walking. Keep pushing each other. Keep encouraging each other. Keep finding out what's going on. Celebrate together. Rest in that and, and enjoy that together. But but don't let that be where you let off, yeah? Yeah. So for those of you listening, what Guy is talking about that encouragement, that is actually one of the reasons I originally wanted to start doing this podcast. So if you're out there and you, you've got somebody that you can sort of enter the grind with and continue with them maybe for years, I would encourage you to do that because you don't know what a difference that'll make in their lives. And you also don't know what a difference it'll make in yours. That's right. I mean, you got no idea at the end of the day, do you? And I think if you're giving that selfless act of, of importing, inputting into other people's lives, it's going to come back at you. And, you know, that's, it doesn't, it could be anything, the smallest little word. I mean, I tell you what, after six days on that mountain, it just took the smallest little word, you know, are you doing okay? How's it going? Mm. Are you all right? Can I help you? Here, have one of my candy bars. You know, it didn't matter <laughs> what it was. It was just, you know, it was just huge. And so I think that's real reflective of, of real life. Yeah. Well, Guy, this has been great. We're going to go ahead and take one more quick break, and then we're going to come back and shift our focus one last time. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. Oh, my. I think one of my favorite stories is when Jesus had been teaching all day long, and then he said to his disciples, Let's go to the other side. And so they dismissed the multitude and took Jesus just as he was in the boat with them. And there were many other boats with them. And this great windstorm comes up and the waves were crashing into the boat so much that the boat was filling up. But at this time, Jesus, he was in the back of the boat, asleep on a cushion. So the disciples came to him and they woke him up and they said, Teacher, don't you care? We're about to drown. So Jesus stands up and he rebukes the wind. And he says to the sea, Hush, be still. Now immediately the wind dies down and the sea is perfectly calm. And then Jesus turns to the disciples and says, Why are you so afraid? Why is it that you have so little faith? But the disciples, they were even more afraid. They whispered to each other, Who is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. I love that story. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. All right, we are back uh, we've got Guy with us on the line, and if you missed the last segment and you're joining us now, I would definitely recommend that you go back and listen, because he shared some really great stuff, some stuff that reminded me of why I do what I do. So I'm so thankful for that. But now we're shifting our focus 
to you because our focus isn't me. Our focus is on you as the listener. Now, Guy, I know that a number of the people who listen to this show, by far the majority, are people who are actually called into the marketplace. They they care about missions, but they don't feel called to missions. Right. What would you share with someone in that situation if they're starting to wonder if what they do really matters for the kingdom? Right. Yeah, and that's a tough place to be. Like, honestly, we've, I mean, we've probably all been there. We probably, you know, I mean, I can honestly say I've been there. You know, you, you might feel like the Lord's calling you somewhere and you're like, I'm stuck in this job. You know, I'm here. This is what I'm doing. Uh, how can I in my cubicle, how can I in my daily labor job, wherever I am, how can I do what I'm supposed to do? Or how can I be a part? How can I engage, right? Engaging mm-hmm. missions, yeah? How can I engage in what's going on? And I honestly would just encourage you and, and, and share like, there are so many people in, in my world, like, who support me or engage with me in so many different capacities that make a huge difference. Uh, it doesn't have to be financial. Financial is easy, right? Okay, mm-hmm. I give money, I'm engaged, I'm giving that person financial help, I'm, I'm involved in what they're doing. There's other ways, in, like, through prayer, right? Okay, I can engage with someone through prayer. I can email them, they can send me their prayer list, I can engage daily with their prayer list whether I'm in my office or I'm at home or I'm in the bathroom. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can do that, right? Uh, the other one is just engaging with them socially. And, and, the, and the internet and the world is a beautiful place now. And honestly, the way that people can engage is so, like, on the fly. You yeah. could engage with me in Cambodia while you're in America. Well, I don't mean, I'm not sure what time zone you're in, maybe 15, 12, 13, 14 hours difference. And yeah. you can write me a message and, and we can have a conversation, you know? And so for those who are out there, you could engage with missionaries or someone you know or someone you've connected with as simple as, hey, how's your day going? Or, hey, I've been thinking about you, been praying for you, just want to hope you're doing okay. Or is there something else I can add to my prayer list? Or there's something else I can encourage you with? Or you just want to have a chat? Whatever it is, there are so many ways you can engage, yeah? And I think, don't underestimate how powerful those can be and how much impact you can have when it seems such so little, yeah? Can you share with us maybe one of the meaningful ways that somebody's connected with you or engaged with you? Yeah, I mean, I, straight away, I got, it's, it's unbelievable. And this is so minute, to, probably sounds so minute to so many people. But I have one guy who is just such a good friend of mine, and he lives in New Zealand, and he's actually an Anglican priest. And uh, he's a little older than I am, and we've been friends for a long time now. And we uh, see each other when I go home. And, but what this this is the impact that is really having on my life. We don't talk often. We don't we don't ring each other up. We don't Skype really. We don't FaceTime or anything like that. But what happens is is he turns up at the right time. And I don't know what it is. It, it I can never figure it out. But he just writes me and he says, Hey, how you doing? Or, you know, uh, what, how's Guy Benton today? Or whatever it is. I mean, it could be anything. Maybe he writes me about some sports event that kicks off the conversation that we have very briefly. And I tell you what, those are the things that just keep me encouraged. When somebody says, you know, Hey, today, I just want to write to you because I felt like the Lord was calling me to write to you. Or, Hey, I know you've been having a hard time the last few weeks. Just wanted to touch base, see how you're doing. Those kinds of things. I'll tell you what, he always turns up at the right time. I can never put my finger on it, but it's one of the biggest blessings I have is when he writes me and I see it pop up on my my phone and I go, that's what I needed right there. That's great. What What would you share with somebody who is living in an area where they're starting to realize that it's not the same as it used to be that their neighbors, their coworkers are maybe from another country, another culture, maybe someplace right. where we only think missionaries go there. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, cultures are so vibrant and beautiful, aren't they? I mean, at the, at the root of it and at the heart of it, we all have our own culture. And one of the things I think about often being from a European culture is is we look at like Asian or South American or um, sort of South Asian, like India or Japanese or whatever it is, and we say, oh, look at that culture. And we establish those cultures easy. Food, um, mm-hmm. historical places, 
um, skin color, traditions, dances, whatever it is. And I think, what are my culture? What's my culture? Do you know what I mean? Like what, what distinguishes me as a culture? And then I just think, you know, everybody has something that they hold on to as their culture and it's all beautiful. Now, sometimes that gets skewed and we see it as negative or whatever it is. But I think if you're starting to notice that there is, you know, an increase of uh, immigrants or, I don't know, recently it's the talk of refugees or whatever, um, I don't know. Like, if you're starting to notice this, engage with that. Discover what that looks like. How can you encourage those people to... uh, get into your world. How can you get into their world? It's a bit of give and take, isn't it? We say in Cambodia, a bit of dovendo mao, right? Like, so go back and forth. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's easy for you to say, well, you're in my country, engage with what's going on here in my country, speak mm-hmm. my language, engage in my culture, do what we do. Um, this is one of the biggest things for me that I noticed when I went back home and bear with me on this. And hopefully we've got time, oh, yeah. but, um, Driving. How many times have you looked at somebody of a different culture? Now, I don't want to stereotype, but it's generally of, of Asian culture, right? Where you often see they drive different to we do, yeah? yeah? And I'm trying to be sensitive here because I'm not trying to put a label. But I live in Asia now, and I drive in Asia. And so I think when I went home, my perception of that culture changed tremendously because in Asia people drive differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, you only got to look on the internet and see what Cambodia looks like on the road or what Thailand looks like on the road or what Vietnam looks like on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And people are driving all over the place and it looks like chaos and it looks like people don't follow the rules. And to be honest, they probably don't all the time, but there are these unwritten rules where, hey, if you don't hit me, I don't hit you. We're okay. We just look each other in the eye. We carry on, <laughs> da, 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 yeah? And I think what happens is people move to another culture or another country, and they sort of take some of that with them, and they're driving or whatever, and they're like, yeah, they're pulling over, and they're changing lanes, and, you know, no one hit each other. And so, therefore, they're like, okay, sweet as, I'm carrying on. But in our mind, it's like, yo, what's going on? You just pulled out in front of me and we nearly crashed. And how dare you? And we don't do that here. And oh, my gosh. And we just jump to these conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that person's like, yo, we didn't hit each other. So we're okay. You know, and and that's very normal to them. And so I think if we engage and we understand different cultures and we get to know them and we really develop a relationship with those around us, we understand them and they understand us. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And it's not scary. And it's, you know, it's, it's a, a thing to celebrate, I think. And, you know, a chance to really share and a really chance to engage in what the world looks like and how the world can interact. Is there maybe an internet resource, a tool that you use that, or even a book perhaps that you'd like to recommend for our listeners? Man, you know what? Uh, I had a feeling a question like that was going to come. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> to be honest, I, I really can't pull one, to be, to be fair. Um, I don't know. I think if you can engage with, with if you're honestly looking to engage in mission, right, because this is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, if, you can, if you can find a, a mission agency or, like, let's say Sam's, if you're involved in the Anglican world, or, or even if you're not, and you're just like, hey, you know what, I didn't know of a mission agency before, guys talking about Sam's, samsusa.org, you know, like, whatever. Just, if you can find them and say, hey, you know what, I'm interested. How can I, how can I better understand, or how can I get involved, or can you provide me with some resources, some websites, some missionaries to engage with? hey, I'd like to touch base with someone and understand what it's like. Um, and then I guess the other point of view is, is carrying on from our last question about engaging with those around us. Mm-hmm. Look at your local community. Are there community centers? Are there agencies that are providing outreach to those who are new to town from a different culture, from a different country, who are new migrants or new immigrants or who are new refugees. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, just look around you and see what's going on. Google's my best friend. 
I'll see if I can't find something. I, I'm, I'm straight laced. I'm like, Google, how do I find dot, dot, dot. You know, like, yeah, Google's your best friend. Yeah, I, Google's one of my best friends as well. Yeah. With that guy, we are almost done. But I would like to know, do you have maybe one last piece of advice you could share with us and a way for people to connect with you? Then we'll say goodbye. Right. So I, I'm just so honored and privileged to, to have the, had the chance to share. Um, I, I love what I'm doing here in Cambodia. Uh, please, if you're listening, don't get any illusions. It's not, um, it's not exotic or anything like that. It's a daily grind. It's hot all the time. The culture's harsh. Um, it's oppressing. Um, obviously we're Christian here. Uh, we believe in Jesus and often we live in a culture that doesn't. And so that feels oppressive. Um, but you know what? We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and the road that he's calling us. And that's where the blessing comes. Yeah. That's where the glory comes when we give it to him. And if I, my wife and those around us engaged in the mission world, wherever it might be on or off the mission field, can advance the kingdom in some way, shape, or form, then I think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, yeah? We are listening, we're obeying, and we're, we're hearing that call from the Lord, and we're advancing that kingdom, then that's honestly what keeps me motivated. And and I think, like, honestly, if you want to get engaged, I'm, I'm totally open. I love it when I engage with people. So you can hit me up on whatever social platform you want, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, yeah, just okay. search me. Yeah, I'm I'm around. Engage with me. Engage with Brian. This is a great resource. Uh, yeah, it's good. Wow. Well, thank you. For, for those of you listening, I will have links to his social profiles and also the the website that he mentioned earlier in the show cool. notes page, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Guy Benton. I try to make it really easy to remember because otherwise I'm afraid that I'll forget. And so it's Guy Benton. <laughs> no, Guy, thank you so much for being here with us. This has been wonderful. I really yeah, appreciate it. So welcome, Brian. And it was honestly a pleasure. And I I don't know who's listening or who's out there, but much love to everybody and uh, keep up the good work and honestly be encouraged. You can be doing anything, anywhere and still engage in mission. Thanks, Guy. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes Audio editing was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.